You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 30th, 2022. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where it is now 33 days until Darren Bailey goes from being the forced birth, rake-stepping goof the Illinois GOP is running for governor to the noble martyr who is cruelly done wrong by the liberal commie elite. It's the professional left with Drift Class and Blue Gal. Are the liberal commie elite? So we're we'll the liberal commie yeah. elite who's helping to defeat Darren Bailey for governor. And He's not going to be governor. Uh, well, David Brooks is right. It was just a terrible idea for uh, J.B. Pritzker to spend sofa couch money uh, change on Darren Bailey's uh, to promote him as it too conservative for Illinois because it's a razor thin margin. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I think it's going to come right down to the wire. Oh I think. I think I, we vote like we're five points behind. That's what I think. We always, always never do yeah. anything otherwise. But I take some solace that that the recent polls has uh, Pritzker up by twenty points, which is a lot yeah. of points. And and clearly he wanted to win by that margin. He as did. Other people did have does. told us. Oh, there's, I'm just saying there's another election in Illinois, but we'll get to that. We'll get to local news. Okay. Well, I just noticed. I w- thought I was going to have to interrupt our recording because my phone lit up. Oh. And uh, it was a text from J.B. Pritzker. So <laughs> I think that can wait. Oh, God. He really is everywhere. He, you know, he the surveillance state. Help. We mentioned him once. And I'll Boom. tell you something. You give $5 and I, my donation to a candidate, if I'm feeling flush, right. it's five bucks. Right. That's and I don't got. expect any more. I'm always grateful when we get more than that from podcast listeners, but I don't yeah. expect more than that. Right. And so... But when you give five bucks to one Democratic Senate candidate, right, you're on the list. You are. So forever, forever yeah. and ever, Amen. So oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's just that's how politics gets done. I mean, it's yeah, always been that sure. way, and these uh, days, especially with everyone on their phone, I'm I'm not well, surprised to get lots and lots of texts from people. And that's why the that's why Donald Trump has given up on real estate and is now his his asset is his mailing list. Yeah, right. You know, that's where the easy Who money is. Who owns the data for WinRed? I could right. go on and on. We could do an entire podcast on that. Yes, anyway. you could. Um, but- class, let's start with the huge and all-encompassing news this week, Hurricane Ian Yep. Now, tropical storm Ian, but yeah. Tropical storm absolutely. Ian. Just terrifying. Are certainly, yeah. uh, it's all the people who are assessing the damage today. You are in our thoughts. Yes, you we are. care so much about you. Mm-hmm. I have a... Relative who lives in Gainesville, which is in the north uh, of Florida, mm-hmm. they always get the evacuees uh, right. from southern parts of Florida that uh, more often than not get hit by the hurricane. So thinking of all the people in Gainesville who are dealing with additional traffic and ho- all their hospitality for people who, uh, you know, are refugees for as long as they need to be there. Yep. And then... Uh, can I tell the funny story of Grandpa? Oh, absolutely. Well, okay. So uh, my dad's name is Ian. <laughs> right. Guess what his background is. <laughs> yeah, guess what his background is. And uh, so, of course, the granddaughters were giving him a little bit of grief. 
And it's his sister-in-law, my mother's sister, who lives in Gainesville. And we love her so much. Aunt Mary is just a wonderful person and has been so good to me and to the kids. And But my dad and my mother's sister have, I wouldn't call it a contentious relationship. I would call it a ribbing. They rib each other. I, I would call it a... Um, um. Yeah, they have. They both have fun doing what they're doing. Right, and no, it, it, no it's all in good humor. It's all in yeah. good humor, and but uh-huh. it, they rib each other, and in a in a funny way. Yes. And so, when youngest child texted grandpa, which she does every day, she, she texted, and day. he uses dragon emojis, and he's just hilarious, and said, "Grandpa, grandpa, why are you, why are you being a hurricane down in Florida, grandpa?" Mm-hmm. And he just said to knock over Aunt Mary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And she and she that, has she has survived many many. Oh yeah. And well yeah, her. and she's survived many influxes of evacuees. I yes, mean, she has. Gainesville is the place where people drive through or end up. You know, yeah. to to yeah. ride out the storm. So uh, we are thinking of all of you down there and yeah. the people in South Carolina who may be facing. Uh, cat one it looks like uh in a day or two um it's this is not a good time uh, no no and i just area, I, so. I mean i i was in florida just after hurricane andrew i believe mm-hmm. uh, with my friend john and his girlfriend and there's a whole other story about what i was escaping at the time <laughs> um but i i, I, know, I know but yeah yes. you you know but i mean it was the after just the after effects the the, yeah. the fact that it strips everything clean. I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. just everything. And we you know we live in tornado country. Yeah, right. Uh, we we have been spared, but you know, tornadoes are pretty regular in the Midwest, and those are you know small visible events that are terrifying, and they're gone and they cost life. But I am never not awed by the sheer power of a hurricane, which can just, because in the Philippines, I lived in the Philippines for a while, it was it was typhoon, and there was a season yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. the sheer power of the thing lifting up parts of the ocean and dropping it on the land, mm-hmm. accompanied mm-hmm. with 100-mile-an-hour winds, for days and days and days. Yeah. It's just yeah. breathtaking. And, you know, life on planet Earth is going to get a lot better once we start taking climate change seriously. And... You know, well, you well, and I have dealt with floods. And yes, we have. The damage that water brings is there's nothing like it. There's no. nothing like it. Just no. horrible. And ours was a sewer backup and a heavy rain, which and, flooded and our a street. Really bad rain with a but, bad sewer backup. You know, but we have never had the house. Car. It took your car. Yeah, it killed my car, killed half my books, killed a lot of yeah. my possessions and so forth. But yeah. it didn't lift yeah. our house up and float it away. No, it didn't. And, no. Um, on a lighter note, this was the take the cats to the vet week. Oh so Lord. That was exciting. We had to take all three cats in separate trips because they have, we only have one big cage. Right. So we took them and the two of them work pretty good at the vet. Once you get them in the cage and get them to the vet, the black cats are pretty good. Uh-huh. Bosco was not so nice. Bosco's a, well, uh, we told him he's a tyrant. He's a, he's a tyrant. <laughs> He was a little bitey too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. bitey. He was hissy. He, you know, he. Oh lord! He, 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 we had to open the cage hinge wise, as opposed to the little little door. Oh, take the top off. Lift him out, and he yeah. bit and scratched. He doesn't have front claws, which is is 
Now, troubling. yeah, we didn't we didn't take those off. <clears throat> no, we didn't do was, that to him. He was a rescue cat, twice returned, once twice yeah. returned to yeah. uh, to what we call Shawshank. Shawshank. Uh, they're all the, they're all shelter cats or strays, that rescues or strays. Out. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he w- he was in a room, um, sitting on a chair, lording it over the other cats, and he was at at the shelter. And middle and child, middle child looked and well, said, "That's our cat." Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you know? Is that the room where you have cats that are, you know, like they have viruses or they have some, no, no, that's the cat. That's the room where cats who don't get along and who don't like to be in cages. Yep. And, and lording it above it all. He was, he took over the chair in the room and I sat there. I am in charge. And yeah. he has not changed one iota. And it, it is, it, it is how they, he has little black spots on him, a few large and a couple small. And they, they sold him as a black cat because yes, black cats have us. a hard time. Five dollars. Five but, whole dollars. Yeah. Please anyway. take Bosco. Anyway. <laughs> he, he found solace of all places in the dentist's office or dentist's office, in the uh, vet's office, on the scale. So that was not a problem. <laughs> like, not weighing himself. Oh, a I'm problem. up higher now. This is yeah. good. Yeah. But it's, it's their three but very They're all very in good dis- health. All in they're good health. They're all in good health. Mm-hmm. Bosco he, weighs 19 pounds and Brock weighs 22 pounds. Brock is a sumo wrestler, though. He's he not overweight. My, and in, Bosco's in break, overweight. Bosco lost half a pound. Brock gained half a pound. We know where the half pound went. Yeah. Uh, they just move it around from cat to cat. And, you know, uh, uh, Olive is a loving little cat who likes jumping up at people and petting them and so forth. So, um, and so it was, but it's like three cats in, in two days is, is kind of uh, an adventure. It's and a I'm lot. sure you had to do you, it. You drove them over. Yeah. yeah. I, I drove them and picked them up and brought them back. And the vets are all wonderful people and they're all very kind. And I'm sure those of you who own, let's say, sheep <laughs> or farms <laughs> are finding this terror adorable. It's like, yeah. oh, you have a little cat. Isn't that nice? You took it to the vet. Um, but that was, this has been our week so far. So yeah. just a day in a lot, couple of days and, in life. And next week is going to be a different schedule for us. Yes. Uh, we're going to, on Tuesday, record uh-huh. try recording one of our Tuesday podcasts to see what it, what it might look like because we want to do some trials on this and see what right. a shorter show based on historical kind yeah. of timeless issues rather than the news of the week. We want to do one of those, mm-hmm. and so we're going to do that on Tuesday, and then we're going to be off on Thursday. We have other things we got to do next week, right? Um, but we are going to do one podcast next week, but it'll be Tuesday. It'll be an abbreviated podcast uh to try to figure out the format of our what will eventually in january we hope be a twice a week yeah. uh possibility so we're still still collecting patreons and as soon yeah, as we hit that still, number still doing the patreon drive and looking forward to uh twice a week podcast starting in yeah. january so um but this will be uh, a trial run mm-hmm. of our shorter tuesday show on tuesday and then uh, we'll be off on Thursday and we'll see you next week. We'll see you the week and, after that. So. And so far, the suggestions for the name, my working title is Snarkyology, which is a little too cute. Someone has suggested Snarknado, which I kind of like. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that better than the one I thought of, which is why I'm going to steal it. Um, and so if you have any working titles for the kind of things, because it really, I, the more, the further we move down the timeline of our time and era, the more it is really important to remember how we got here, what steps we took along the way, what life was like. I, I'm sorry, Drift Glass. The name uh-huh. of the the name of the Tuesday show uh-huh. is gonna be No Fair Remembering Stuff. Oh, okay. All right. 
My wife has spoken. Also, no my fair sound remembering editor. stuff with drip mm-hmm. glass and blue gas. No fair remembering stuff. That's I yeah. okay. Done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Episode so, one. No fair remembering stuff. No fair remembering stuff. It was in the bleak December. Right. The prof- and the professional left. No fair remembering stuff. Okay. Done. Uh, All right. We got cool. a lot to talk about today. We do. Politically I, wise. I'm going to start by doing a round of applause for Judge Amy Berman Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Who boy. took some opportunity in her courtroom this week, as many judges have, to point out to the Alex Jones MAGA Marjorie Taylor Greene, aggrieved white people crowd out there of Trump supporters that all of your bitching is just that. Yeah. Uh, she flattened all the MAGA excuses for uh, and whining of we are being persecuted uh, in the courtroom. And what she was doing was sentencing Kyle Young, who is a cop beater. Mm-hmm. He beat up a cop, and uh, so he got more than seven years in prison for assaulting a police officer. That's why he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And this was on January 6th, and he pled guilty and is going to jail. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she didn't sugarcoat it. She said, uh, in response to what she clearly heard out there in the zeitgeist of MAGA world, you know, this is not political persecution. And here's what she said to Kyle Young. You were not prosecuted for being a Trump supporter. You were not arrested or charged, and you will not be sentenced for exercising your First Amendment rights. You are not a political prisoner. What? You were trying to stop the singular thing that makes America, America, the peaceful transfer of power. That's what Stop the Steal meant. And so... These propaganda wars of we're, we're political prisoners, we're being held against because of our First Amendment, we're just exercising our First Amendment rights and we're being persecuted for it, etc., is, you know, that's how they want to weasel out of accountability for their actions on January 6th. They learned that from their so-called president. Yep. And it just doesn't work in court, just no, like it, it didn't work for Alex Jones. I think this is the lesson of this year. In court, you don't get to make up facts. You don't get to pretend that the bullshit come on, coming out of your mouth is true just because you believe it. Even if you believe it's true, it's not true. Right, right. And I hope, you know, at some point we get to the point where uh, you what you say on television has to be true. <laughs> no, no, um, no. This was... <clears throat> this was to me, the the irony and Marjorie Taylor Greene getting upset with, I think it was Daily Beast because they, uh, her her hog hunting. She's she's got a contest. You can win a trip hog hunting with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. And uh, in the ad for this, it was intimated that you know we can pretend we're hunting Democrats. Ha ha ha. Something to that effect. Barely. Uh, the two things that are destroying farmers in this country are Democrats and hogs. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. gonna. And she's gonna hang out of a helicopter with a machine gun and go hunting hogs. Go, mm-hmm. So come, let's go kill some hogs, save farmers. And first of all, I don't think she can be called Marjorie Taylor Green for much longer since her no, husband. No, she's getting a divorce. Has yeah. Finally had it with her. That's it. We're mm-hmm. done. So mm-hmm. who knows. But yeah, well, it was clearly yeah. intimated that she's in lieu of hunting Democrats. We're going to go hunting hogs. And if, so someone, I think it was the Daily Base, called her out on that. And she tweeted 
your First Amendment rights do not give you the right to lie about me. And I immediately responded with a gif of Hillary Clinton. Right. <laughs> like, right. really? Right. Uh, so uh, I just appreciate that these judges, some of whom were were appointed by Trump, have had it with the nonsense in their courtroom and aren't tolerating mm -hmm. it. Uh, now, there is a place where you can lie and do crimes <laughs> and get away with them, or at least have them postponed for public opprobrium for at least a year, maybe more. Uh -huh. And that is in front of Ma Maggie Haberman. Mm -hmm. Good old MAGA Haberman, New York Times, MAGA Haberman, CNN employee, valued CNN employee, Maggie Haberman, which begs the question, which is more surprising, that Donald Trump confessed to federal crimes in Haberman's presence a year ago. And she did report it in her New York Times column and didn't contact law enforcement, but instead saved it for her book. Or that her crappy New York Times politics colleague, Jonathan Weissman, lurched to her defense and said, please, Twitter, leave Maggie New York Times alone. Trump lost the election for God's sake. God had very little to do with it. If Maggie had told you a little bit more before the election, a little bit more before the election, she told you a lot, by the way. What, you think Trump would have lost twice? Because, yeah, that's why you don't tell Trump's crimes in public because it's all politics. It's all about the election. And the ratio was something that I don't know might launch a rocket at us at an asteroid. It was it was very big. Cliff Schechter replied, "No, I think she would have been doing her fucking job." Wow, does that sentence betray the mentality of New York Times politics better than any I've seen? You all thought Hillary would win in sixteen, so who cared if you turned to a BS email story into the biggest story by far? of the election, right? Totally New York Times mentality. Tom Watson also on social media replied, the biggest New York Times scandal of our lifetime, far worse than Judith Miller and Jason Blair, their reporter knew a year ago and covered it up for a payday. Blame the paper, absolutely. It's the publisher's disgraceful policy to allow this perfidy. By the way, good use of the word perfidy. Uh, however, the inexplicable Matt Iglesias also did what he usually does, sort of half-ass rose to her defense, and no one cared because it's Matt Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was like a window into how the New York Times thinks about this country and about crime and about politics and about election. It's all the fucking horse race. And if their top-notch father confessor of Donald Trump, in front of whom he, he just spills shit, I don't know. They don't seem to think reporting is a job reporters should do anymore. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. honestly, the, the only upside of this is that so many excerpts from her book have been leaked already that you don't need to buy her book now. As They're usual. Available I online. mean, that's yeah. usually the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, the University of Idaho has banned even talking about abortions. They're not providing birth control to their employees. And there was a report um, – I believe it was in Common Dreams talking about how more teens than ever are now getting birth control implants. And that's mothers taking their daughters, their 16, 17, 18 year old daughters to the doctor to make sure that she doesn't get pregnant. Yep. But the idea that, you know, this cancel culture speech code on university thing the liberals are doing, Blue Gal, is just yeah. wildly yeah. out of control. Um, 
give him an inch, man. That's that's why Roe versus Wade was there. It, that's the compromise. Roe v. Wade was yeah. the compromise. Yeah, and it was the it was the dam against this flood of mm-hmm. of woman hating patriarchal patriarchal bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. That it was always there, and and they've been nibbling at it, and chomping at it, and chipping at it, and getting at it, and passing you know all kinds of restrictive legislation that makes it impossible for clinics to even open, or you know restricts the size of their aisles, anything that they could do to to screw women and take away their rights was done, and then thanks to Donald Trump and the Republican Party, one day the women of America went to bed with rights and they woke up without them, and that's if. The election does not hinge on that this year, then I don't know what to make of the great American public's thinking process. Um, well, and and let's not forget voter suppression. Yeah, and uh, just outright stealing. I mean, right. this is this is Texas is closing down voting places on college campuses. Yes, they are because and- they see Beto being popular on college campuses. So they're just going to make it as hard as possible for college students to vote. Well, and this is where I get a little tired of, of uh, the shock that Republicans are Republicans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the constant re- reportage, especially from our never Trump friends, every day they're just shocked Republicans are behaving like Republicans. And it is, I realize this is a poorly timed analogy, but it's like pointing at a hurricane, individual waves. Oh, look at that one. Oh, that one's bad. That one's bad. No, the whole storm is bad. The whole party is bad. What you point to as an individual manifestation is not the problem. It is a symptom of the problem. Voting restrictions are a symptom of the problem. Banning Roe v. Wade are symptoms of the problem. Stealing elections, the, the January 6th insurrection, they're all symptoms of the same problem. And the problem is the entire goddamn Republican Party. But you know who's found a friend in the Republican Party? You know who the Republican Party has adopted as a, an adorable little mascot? Kristen Cinema. Aww. It's true. Uh, you might have heard of her. She's the chaos queen of Arizona. Um, we learned this week that that uh, Keith Olbermann dated her back in the day. Mm-hmm. Always excited. I, I don't know. Make a list of who you didn't date there, Keith. And, yeah, really. And that, that'll be, be money <laughs> short. Um, but yeah, she uh, she is making money moves. She's making Mitch McConnell money moves, which is a hard sentence to say, by the way. Um, this week, she was invited to speak at the McConnell Center. And the McConnell Center, yes, exactly what you think it is, set up by Mitch McConnell to do McConnell's dirty business. And she was invited by him because she is, in his in his words, the most effective first-term senator he's seen. And she got up and chanted the ancient conjure words. <laughs> That we all know. What? More filibusters, please? Both sides do it. Oh, yeah. Both sides. In Washington, our poli- I'm quoting her now, politics have become increasingly radicalized, spiraling steadily downward into bitter and tribal extremism. Some political leaders on both sides of the aisle have let the loudest and more extreme voices in each party dominate the discourse. For too long, political games in Washington on both sides of the aisle. Blah, 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 blah. She is, by the way, underwater. I think we mentioned this last week among every demographic group. Um, everybody hates her. <laughs> Republicans know that she's um, a useful idiot, although I don't think she's an idiot. Uh, and I was asked by one of our alert readers and regular correspondents what I think she's going to do next. And honestly, if I this is a flyer. You know, this is you got two bucks to bet on a long shot. This is my two dollar bet mm-hmm. um, that she will 
uh, eventually switch parties to the forward party. Um, she will give them the legitimacy they crave. She will position herself as, well, Bernie does it. Nobody complains when Bernie's an independent. And it will give them the headline and uh, uh, media firepower that they don't have because they don't have a platform. Mm-hmm. They will give her all the support in the world, all the media they want. It, it, she'll become their spokesperson, which is what she wants most of all. And she will open the bidding and say, I'll caucus with whichever party pays me most and sell herself off that way. Uh, she, I don't think she can get reelected in Arizona, but she can certainly cash in. And the best way to I do it- I think she's going to wind up on the Riviera somewhere. Oh, I think so too. After she Partnered loses. Partnered to some billionaire and yeah. just, you know, whatever, lobby. But, but for now, it's a matter of um, I'm, I, I, I'm no longer Joe Manchin's favorite little girl. Um, he, he's lost my number and won't call me no more. And everyone's talking about Joe Manchin and Joe Biden now, and I need to retrieve the spotlight by doing something ridiculous. She thinks that a 60, bu- a 60 vote minimum should be for everything now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and she's, I mean, she clearly knows that everyone hates her and her positions are horrifying, but I think she's got a strategy. And I think the strategy is to become, try to become the indispensable swing vote that both parties will fight over and maximize her value that way and then cash out when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Um, why would she not do that? You know, I was thinking about, this is unrelated to that, but it it makes me think more about Alaska and how, um, and Arizona is similar to this in that there's a lot of federal land in Arizona. That's right. Um, but, you know, Ted Stevens, the old Senator Ted Stevens, Brought a lot of money home. He did. The bridge to nowhere, Ted Stevens. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Don Young did too. The Congressman Don Young did too. And yeah. so what you have now is a Republican Party that votes no on every spending bill, period, as long as a Democrat is in the White House. Right. They will vote no on everything, yes. including insulin price reduction. They just vote no. And so voters in a state like Alaska who depend heavily on federal money to get anything done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's one reason that Sarah Palin lost is they know they need the money. And if the party is, if the party, if the Republican party isn't going to uh, compromise for Alaska and, or compromise for their home state, what, what Republicans are doing now is trying to, bank on Democrats voting money for their states or districts and then yes. taking credit for it. Which they're doing all over the country. Rural broadband. We I was talking yesterday about Governor Ivey of Alabama and Governor Noam, Christy Noam of South Dakota have both put out ads about rural broadband being the greatest thing and we're going to bring it and we're doing grants and we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's all, I just slap a Biden, I did this sticker on mm. all the tweets that they send out. Because their congressmen and their senators did not vote for this money for their district. No. And I think you have later in our notes maybe about Rodney Davis. Oh, no, I don't. But please go right ahead. But Rodney Davis, who is an outgoing congressman because he Mm -hmm. lost his primary to Mary Miller, Nazi lady Mary Miller. Yes, he did. But he went to a ribbon cutting for a dental center in his district that is going Mm -hmm. to provide dentistry to Medicaid patients. And the article about this terrific thing happening in his district, finally, 
people in this mostly rural district who are on Medicaid will be able to go to the dentist. That's a great thing, isn't it? I'm so it's glad a great that thing. And, Rodney and Davis voted for that. He voted for that, right? had to say Rodney Davis voted against the bill. What? <laughs> no, you're kidding me. But he goes to the ribbon cutting yeah. and blames. What did he blame for this problem, Drift Class? Oh, well, I'm guessing it's one of three things, Blue Gal. Obamacare. Obamacare. Well, okay, the four blamed things. O- he the blamed thing. Obamacare. Yeah, playing the oldies, man. What did What did you What did you think? What the Obamacare doesn't cover enough dentistry? <laughs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> now, I, so, I, I remember, I, as I recall, uh, if if memory serves me correctly, uh, Rodney Davis was the whip for the destroy he was, Obamacare. Destroy caucus. Obamacare. He was the he was the whip for Paul Ryan. Yes, he that's was. right. That's right. And he got he got a, a, the the gift of shitty beer in the Rose Garden. Beer, he Donald was at Trump. the beer party along with Liz Cheney. He was yeah. at the uh, destroy Obamacare beer party with Donald Trump. Yes, he was. So happy, so happy to take health care away from poor people. Just they yeah. love doing that, and so, they're so uh, charming about it. And and poor people, not all of them, but Republicans who are great beneficiaries of these programs, keep voting to get rid of the things that keep them alive and healthy. Which yeah. I, I there's no, there's no cure for that. If there were, Obamacare might have a pill for it, but. Uh, there's no way around the fact that these people, all of them, the whole party, top to bottom, are assholes. All of them. Now, you have in our notes, Drift Glass, Showtime has made a five-part documentary about the Lincoln Project. I don't yes. care. Yes. And your note to me was, I don't care. I don't care. And, <laughs> and I don't either. But I thought, <laughs> but I thought, because I do listen in, as you know, and, you know, the the whole, and it looks interesting, the part, they're, they're not going to shy away from the, uh, scandal and the rest of it but i'm mm-hmm. I, it, it's got the heroic plucky organization that was a startup and had a lot of trouble at the beginning but now they're here to save democracy i roll vibe to I it roll. Yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah bring in aaron sorkin to give him a nice third act where they save the country but it, it is pretty consistent in that um they really do take credit for everything good happening in politics you know, well we and this there. is how showtime does politics right with the circus and you know the they they do it as a, a Washingtonian show. So well, and, and the the complete the circle is complete because the Lincoln Project was birthed on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. was. We're going to keep giving Steve Schmidt and and Rick Wilson and these guys all the airtime they want to talk shit about Trump, and that's going to get them a, a column, and that column's going to become a hashtag, and the hashtag will become a movement, and we'll keep having them back on MSNBC over and over again to call Trump a shithole, uh, and. That'll become a thing. And then they became this ad company that that rose very quickly from zero to $90 million and scandal. And uh, what's your win-loss record again? Like 0 and 17, 18, 19 or something like that. But um, this show, the documentary is being promoted by Showtime person John Heilman on his podcast. And John Heilman is also an MSNBC contributor. So this is a closed ecosystem of self uh, self promotion, and just watching it happen from the outside is always a strange and beautiful thing. Anyway, all right, uh, but now you got to talk about the bulwark drift glass. You get your you get your uh, bulwark five here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, well, you know, um, this week I, I've tried to regulate my talking about Never Trump media because they get plenty of free media on liberal media at MSNBC, etc. Uh, but some time ago, we we introduced the concept of the four-quadrant podcast. And as a refresher course, 
A four-quadrant movie is one which appeals to the four major demographics or quadrants of movie-going audiences, both male and female, and both over and under 25. So, we identified the four quadrants of a podcast. Uh, Number one quadrant is happy talk. This is if you want to please everybody. You do happy talk to reassure everyone that you're just like them and the the guest and you are just just ordinary folks. And you can listen to us because we're just chatting. And then comes those darn Republicans in quadrant two. Those darn Republicans are doing stuff and we don't like that. We're all former Republicans and shock and shock and shock and shock. Um, Then comes the both sides quadrant, which is quadrant three. Got to blame both sides for shit. And then, of course, those darn liberals in quadrant four. Got to find something to hate liberals about. Um, And this week, our allies, uh, quote unquote, Charlie Sykes and A.B. Stoddard of The Bulwark, delivered a perfect four quadrant podcast. Um, now the bulwark is approaching its fourth year of pretending to be shocked every day that all the Republicans they have ever known turned out to be exactly as bad as we liberals told them they were every day the, uh, Charlie Sykes comes on and says, I know we always say we're shocked, but today this terrible thing happened and you, it's just shocking. And no, it's not, it really isn't. But because that's all they do now in part of their podcast is point at something awful that Glenn Youngkin did or something terrible that Trump did and say, this is so shocking. Um, the tone of, of that part of the show has become one of resignation and boredom and defeat. Like, nope, fever's never going to break. Nope. It's always going to be this way. Yeah. We're fucked, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to trashing liberals, you would think it's still 1996. And you'd think that Charlie Sykes was still the rush Limbaugh of Wisconsin. Because he and A.B. Stoddard, a regular guest on their podcast, who's also regular on MSNBC, lets the real Venom show. They talk about, uh, they repeated, defund the police over and over again, as if it were the central pillar of the Democratic Party. They talked about how progressives, basically how dare progressives think that they should be able to pass legislation. And a reckoning is due for those irresponsible lefties. And how Kamala Harris... And this is where A.B. Sutter went right over the line. And you can see Charlie Sykes or hear him at least try to rein her in. Okay, let's move on to another subject. She's talking about that she's stupid. She can't speak English. You think Joe Biden's bad. She can't even speak English. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, this sounds bad, but I'm just telling the truth here. And she just wow. dumped on her. I mean, it, it was full on either hateful because she's a woman or hateful because she's a Democrat or hateful because she's black. I don't know. But it was like listening to hate radio in the 90s mm. when all bets were off. And we just And it was just like horrifying. But that's what they think their audience wants. And I think their audience does, which is, okay, we dumped on the Republicans. We were former Republicans. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone we know is a shithole. And who could have predicted that? But then when it comes to trash and liberals, man, when it comes to trash and liberals, never Trumpers, you can see how deeply hardwired it is into their system that because this is how they made their living for decades. Shitting on people like us is how they made their living. And it's in their bones. And so when when they get to that fourth quadrant, you can just hear them gear up like it's the good old days. And they just go to town with both both fists. And that's why they don't put a liberal in the middle of it. Um, Michael Steele does this all the time. All of them do it all the time. Maybe Stuart Stevens doesn't. But I listened carefully. And these people still really hate us. And they really resent the fact that we don't shut up and do what they tell us to do. And and A.B. Sutter made some big deal about, you know, 
all of the reckoning that that the progressives have coming to them might be might be papered over by the whole Roe versus Wade thing. You yeah. know, Roe, 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 your no, Rovember might actually, you know, um, um, let a bunch of progressives win. And then they're going to want to get rid of the filibuster and do crazy things. And it really is like the worst fate in the universe is that a Democratic president might want to govern as a Democrat. They just cannot tolerate that thought. And that's why Joe Biden should shut up and let Charlie Sykes tell him what to do. And if this were one or two or three, but this is hundreds and hundreds of episodes of all these people's podcasts, and it's always the same. The, the contempt they have for us is right below the surface. And the contempt they had for us is that we don't shut up. These people lost their whole party, by the way. These people got kicked out of their own party because they, they, they built a monster that drove them out. And they landed on our couch and they're bitching that we're not doing what they tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't bother me one bit, except they show up on Showtime and they show up on podcasts and they show up on my liberal MSNBC. And that's that's what troubles me is that they really do control the narrative now and they shouldn't. They shouldn't have been allowed to. And now they're part of the ecosystem. They're just there all the time. And that's my discussion of the Bulwark podcast and Never Trumpers for today. All right. I want to talk a minute about Lizzo playing James Madison's crystal flute. Uh-huh. And twerking about it, twerking uh-huh. while she played it, and this this was an amazing story because uh, it was the National Archives and the archivist who knew that Lizzo was coming to D.C. and uh, is is a professional flautist. Uh, she's amazing uh, in her skill in playing the flute, and said to her, "Look, we want when you come to D.C., we'd like for you to play." We have a collection, probably one of the world's largest collection of flutes. We would like to give you the opportunity to play this crystal flute that she said is like playing a wine glass. You know, it's just absolutely glass and heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Lizzo brought it out on stage and uh, the archivist brought it out on stage, actually. And Lizzo picked it up very carefully and played a few notes and did a little Mm -hmm. dance and then handed it back to her. Mm -hmm. And... uh, it was remarkable, and there's a historian on Twitter who uh, gave the background on it, which is that it was a gift from uh, royalty in Europe to mm-hmm. James Madison when he was president. James mm-hmm. Madison is the person that composed the three-fifths rule uh-huh. to make slaves in the United States worth three-fifths of a person. Yeah. We want to count for them for accounting. We want to count yeah. them, but we don't want them to vote. Right. who thought it would be okay if if slavery ended in the United States to simply deport the slaves back to Africa. Yeah, we're done. We're done with them. No so support, just send them no back. nothing. Yeah. Just we'll just put them on a boat the way we brought them here. Just right. drop them off in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Uh never freed any of his slaves even in his will. And uh so here we have uh a symbol of uh royalty and white male, slave-holding, slave-endorsing, slave-allowing uh, and en- uh, enabling power in the past history of the United States. And here is this black woman on stage playing his flute. And it was just a, a lovely moment of celebration and freedom and victory. Did, did she play it in three-fifths time? I just wonder. <laughs> 
she barely played it. Oh, I, this I, I know. You know, I know. it is I'm, I'm, it is priceless and irreplaceable instrument yes. and historical, you know, item. But uh, she played, you know, and and she can play the flute in an amazing way. She's an amazing musician. Um, so uh, it, there was no question of qualification for her to play the flute. That wasn't the question. And that's why the archivist said, you know, we'd like to bring you this instrument because we know how good you are. You know, we know you're a gifted musician. So it was just now, a lovely, lovely thing to see. Was it, was it the end of the Republic? Did, did people it, lose Well, their you know, <laughs> one person did say, yeah, we're going to file this with the mermaid. <laughs> All, yeah. all your all yeah. your objections, right? Please write in your subjection objections and slip them in the mermaid black mermaid box, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait until you see who the next James Bond is. That's yeah, all I, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is something that happens every day on social media that I, I, you and I watch it, and we're always like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but it happens every day. It's the, oh my F, oh my fucking God, isn't it awful that Biden has seized more illegal drugs at the border? Yeah. And it's, it's elected officials, Republican elected yes. officials. Yes. Stepping and on that rake. I do not understand it either. This time it's Representative Pat Fallone. Quote, since Joe Biden took office, 1.2 million pounds of illegal drugs have been seized at the southern border. If you needed more evidence that this administration's border <laughs> policies are contributing to a surge in drug <laughs> crisis, look no further. And now I'm going to borrow something from a movie called Margin Call. Uh, because honestly, I do welcome someone from the right dropping by and explaining to me, as if I were a young child or golden retriever, why Biden successfully intercepting illegal drugs is a bad thing. I don't understand it. I am a very competent fiction writer. I can't write fiction like Lizzo can play the flute, but I'm pretty good at it. And I have written all kinds of fiction in the minds of all kinds of different characters. And I deeply understand libertarians. I deeply understand Republicans, base voters, that's why I know what they're going to do and I can think like they think and I can anticipate what they anticipate, which is why you and I have been blogging for nearly 20 years. But I, I cannot get myself in the mindset of, of understanding why, why they keep insisting this is a bad thing. I just can't. I can understand. Well, I can and even, I don't understand them thinking uh, that somehow drug dealers are going to give away fentanyl for free to ch yeah. to children on Halloween. They're they're hard won, especially smuggled. They got it all the way past Joe Biden. It costs a fortune. <laughs> and they're gonna give it away to kids on Halloween in in, right. in, in multiple colors. They're gonna die. They're gonna in a basement somewhere in Philadelphia, they're gonna they're gonna die them like Skittles and give them away. I can understand the evilness of Greg Abbott and the evilness of Ron DeSantis playing to the mob, the fascist yeah. mob, um kidnapping and shoveling uh, asylum seekers all over the country, breaking up families, treating them like cattle uh, to score political points with scumbag Republican base voters. I understand mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's yeah. horrifying, but it's not a mystery as to why they're doing it. Why yeah. they keep pointing out the, the overwhelming success that Biden administration is having at seizing illegal drugs as a bad thing, I do not understand. Yep. I can't wrap my head around that. I accept that it happens. It is there. Well, it is a thing I, the world. I think it, they really think that, you know, like reefer madness, that all you have to do is say drugs illegal border Biden. and and Biden. through repetition which you know fox has been repeating that 
yeah. throughout the Obama years and now in the Biden years, all you have to say is, you know, border border will kill you. Right. I doesn't matter what it is. It's the I border think, and it's coming for you and I your think kids. You're right. And 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 fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, which they understand. Well, and fentanyl is a huge, huge problem. I mean, it is. It drug overdoses is. are killing more people right now than COVID. Yes, absolutely. And it's mostly fentanyl and it's it's horrible. And we have to do something about it. But, you know, as Pete Buttigieg said last weekend about immigration, you know, if you want to be part of the solution, if you want a solution to the problem, then let's f- come up with solutions. But Ron DeSantis doesn't want a solution. He no. wants the problem to be a political football for him. Well, you know, and so- I'll, I'll loop back to to Charlie Sykes and A.B. Stoddard one more time. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention <clears throat> the both sidesing of Trump and his base and progressives. Because progressives don't really want to govern or pass <laughs> anything. They don't, they don't want to do any of that. They just want to fight. They just want to cause trouble and fight. They, they just want to fundraise and have an issue. They don't really care about governing. or uh-huh. And I just, I'm like, this is why you don't let me within 100 yards of your show. Yeah, really, <laughs> Cause, really. Cause, and, I, and it's just, again, it, it's Progressives not, it's not, don't want to govern, huh? No, don't want to govern. Don't, That's don't adorable. And they just want to That's fundraise adorable. off off of all the anger. Just like Trump. Has, just like he, Trump. They, they don't want to talk about all the people that Elizabeth Warren has put in the Biden administration oh, God, in positions no. No, no, of banking, no. power of the banking system. Yeah, no. Well, why would they talk about that? That's that's difficult no, and tricky. That's and, called governing. It's well, not you, sexy. It's not something that goes on TV. It's not going to be on your evening news. Well, yeah, but then you'd only have a three-quadrant podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And that is and that's unbalanced. Like, that's like a three-legged stool. That won't right. work. All your all all of your Republicans who really, really still hate liberals, but are like, eh, yeah, this, every, no, everything sucks. Progressives don't want to govern. They just want to complain. Just and this is the kick. Just like day. Donald Trump. Just, just like, like Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Just like oh, Donald they Trump. just want to go on TV oh, yeah. and make money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's anyway. why our podcast has raised a quarter of a billion dollars, and I'm queen of the universe. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'm having a seven-part documentary on me on show on Showtime. So <laughs> Showtime. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the rise and fall and rise of Drift Class. Why he's why he's the most appreciated and beloved podcaster and writer ever. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Send us five dollars. Anyway, us five dollars. Thank you. Let, let's, let's let's move do from a the news fantasy roundup. Land. Yes. Let's go to news roundup. <laughs> And talk about stuff that's actually happening in the world as opposed to their imagination. This right. week, yes. Joseph Robinette Biden came to the aid of Floridians without fanfare. This is the dog that didn't bark. He didn't put on a dog and pony show. He didn't toss paper towels to people who were desperate. There were no threats to withhold aid because Florida is run by Republican scumbags. He just offered help the way it is supposed to be. And through that process, he may have destroyed Ron DeSantis's ability to run for president. Yeah, successfully. Well, you know, you know what killed Chris, uh, Chris Christie is hugging, yeah, was that hug? Hug, hug Barack Obama for yeah. fe- for helping the federal government help when New Jersey needed it, and yep. that's the way it's supposed to work. Remember, way back when government was supposed to work this way—that you sort of put aside your differences for yep. wars and disasters. Nope, not anymore. And Biden came out and said, "Whatever you need, we are here for you. That's yep. it. Don't." Hesitate to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the first White House summit dedicated to combating hunger in nearly a half century, Joe Biden unveiled $8 billion in public and private sector commitments to make food healthier, 
more affordable and accessible. Wow. Uh, Speaking of drugs, the Biden administration announced $1.5 billion in grants to fight the opioid crisis. At a White House event, President Biden announced new plans to crack down on junk fees across the economy, including bank overdraft fees, credit card late fees, cell phone termination fees, and airline ticketing fees. Also during a White House event, President Biden read out part of Rick Scott's Senate GOP plan. He loves to read that out loud. He does. He just loves that plan. Yeah, it could because it could end Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. And, yeah. and can we talk about the uh, Washington Post fact checker? Oh, God. Who yeah, sure. uh, decided, look, just because some Republicans are for that doesn't mean the Republican Party is for ending Social Security and Medicare. What does it mean then? <laughs> Just because some Republicans want to end Roe v. Wade doesn't mean all Republicans would ever succeed in doing that, Drew Glass. C- can I, this is not in our notes. I want to read you a, one paragraph from a thing and then ask you mm-hmm. to identify the author and then I will surprise you with the name. You ready? <laughs> it's not David Brooks, is it? No, 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 no. no. Okay. All right. Uh, Go ahead. The title, the title of this uh, legitimate article in a printed newspaper is Forget Polarization. The Problem is Right-Wing Extremism. The first paragraph, uh, much of mainstream political poli- uh, political coverage characterizes, quote, polarization to be an undisputed, self-evident, and defining feature of American politics. The phenomenon is supposed to explain the rise of MAGA extremists, political gridlock, and a host of other ills. One problem, we don't have polarization. We have right-wing extremism. Who wrote that? Jennifer Rubin wrote that. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And I, I as much as Jennifer Rubin rubs me the wrong way, Got to give her credit for using her place at the Washington Post to say, stop fucking talking about both sides. It isn't fucking both sides. And I know no, that. I don't, you know, I would love to know when her, when exactly her come to truth moment was. Oh, well, I can find out. You know, but, she and I, she and I correspond all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, because she did just decide all pretty radically that she was done with Republican politics. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I she's remember been her. honest about it. Like she's she been like yeah. this, like this. I got to say today. Yeah. She's been very good about this. She's been very straightforward and very good about it. She was a Mitt Romney partisan. She was absolutely yeah. knives yeah. out for Barack Obama. And I think, but, you know, she does have Digby seat on MSNBC. You yeah. know, that's and the problem. She has, she should not have a seat that belongs no. to a liberal. Let her keep her but, column and put Digby on MSNBC. There's, there's the yeah. solution. Digby doesn't but, want to be on MSNBC. Yeah. So. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, The Congressional Budget Office reported that the poorest half of Americans, about 150 million people, hold 2% of the nation's wealth. The top 10% of American families, meanwhile, account for 72% of the nation's wealth. In 1989, the bottom half of the population held 4% of total wealth, while the top 10 held 64% of the nation's wealth. So it's going in the wrong direction. Talk about polarization of wealth. That's what's happening. And guess which group the Republican Party thinks needs a tax cut. And guess <laughs> which group they're terrified will will actually be enforced by a brand new phalanx of IRS investigators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to the National Archives and Records Administration, who've been in the news a lot recently, I must say, and contrary to the what big fat liar Donald Trump has claimed, Barack Obama did not keep his classified and unclassified documents. Instead, he turned them all over to the National Archives 
as required by the Presidential Records Act of 1978. Progressive cheered Tuesday after the Biden administration announced that Medicare beneficiaries will see their Part B premiums and deductibles decrease in 2023, the first time in more than a decade that seniors and people with disabilities will pay less for health services and medical equipment not covered by Part A, than they did the year before. And this is a big deal because there is a cost of living adjustment in Social Security Mm -hmm. that generally year to year gets eaten up by Medicare premiums and deductibles. And this year that's not happening. Seniors will wind up ahead uh, financially. Um, That doesn't count inflation, of course, but it won't be eaten up by premiums, which is terrific. Uh, But I heard A.B. Stoddard say progressives don't like to govern. They love to govern, Driklaz. They love Amy to govern. Amy Stoddard is full of shit. <laughs> yes, she is. She absolutely is. And and I, I know that because I see her on MSNBC about three times a week. <laughs> um, in two new polls, 5% of Americans, which you think is a small number, but it's 13 million adults, agreed that the use of force is justified to restore Trump as president. And 3.32% of Americans, again, small percentage, but it's 8.5 million adults, so they would participate in the use of force to restore the Trump presidency. And 42% of Republicans identify as MAGA Republicans, while 58% disavow the term, but you know they secretly think that they're still <laughs> MAGA. They just wish Trump would go away because they're embarrassed by they, him. They hate they the do. tweeting. They hate the tweeting. Yeah, All the tweeting. the tweeting. All the truth in the tweeting. I'm an independent constitutional conservative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Via NBC, Trump's pick for governor in Michigan is left to fend for herself as money dries up. Oh. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her Democratic allies are clobbering Tudor Dixon, who, you know, is willing to show you porn. Sure. If you need to know what it looks like. Vampire porn? She I was got in a vampire whole trunk porn. Full, right? Yeah, she's yeah. got a whole, with her in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they're clobbering Tudor Dixon and the Republicans in ad spending, and no one seems ready to come to Dixon's rescue. I thought Donald Trump raised a quarter of a billion dollars for he like did. mega. He did. To, plus, he's to win the midterms. Plus, he's rich and doesn't need your money. Where's so Mega I, Inc.? Where, mega where are, Inc. was started to help in the midterms. I thought that was all set. I, I thought Win Red was going to pay for all this. Win Red, what? What? I thought this was all settled. That what, nobody needed any money. What happened to Win Red? I what guess it's not Michigan all the money? Red. Yeah. Where did all the money go? Where'd all Where the money did, go? Where hmm. did all the money go? Speaking of things mysteriously disappeared. Told ya. Told ya. Yeah, you sure did. You absolutely did. Uh, speaking of things mysteriously disappearing in the middle of the night, <laughs> Attorney General of Texas Ken Paxton has fled his home in a truck driven by his criminal wife. His wife is a state senator, Angela Paxton. The Attorney General of Texas has fled to avoid being served a subpoena. Oh, boy. And check out the big brain on Doug news. According to an FEC filing, Pennsylvania Republican gubernatorial candidate and your friend and mine, Drift Glass, yep. Doug Mastriano, who is now Doug Fastriano, having declared 40 days of prayer and fasting to save his doomed campaign. Well, bless his heart. Yeah accepted a campaign contribution on July 22nd from Andrew Torba, the anti-Semitic founder of Gab, just days before he denied any association with him. Yeah. He, so he's a liar and an anti-Semite and, kind and of a, a fascist. Kind of an idiot. And he's going to lose. And he's going to lose. And he, he'll just have to sit in his bedroom masturbating to vampire porn in his Confederate outfit 
wondering where all the money went. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll weep for you, my friend. Uh, From Boing Boing, this is via alert listener Dexter. Aloha back to you, Dexter. Uh, Girls Who Code Book series banned by a Pennsylvania school district continuing to demonstrate how evil the Christian fascist movement is in the United States. Central York School District in Pennsylvania has banned a popular book series that helps girls learn computer programming. Exactly how is having STEM materials focused on engaging girls to activist? Who knows? These people are just salting the earth. Yes, they are. I, it's you, it's Iran eat your heart out. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the religious Put us in police. burkas and leave us to be forced breeders. That's it. Yep. Crowds of students walked out of Northern Virginia schools in protest of Governor Youngkin's proposed restrictions on transgender students' rights, and good for them. Yeah, yeah. Those kids were raised right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has been ordered to pay his ex-wife, his third ex-wife, I'm sorry, his third ex-wife, because, you know, party of family values. I'm a third ex-wife, by the way. You are? I am. Oh, yeah, you are someone's third ex-wife. I'm someone's right. third ex-wife. Right, right, yes, right, right, I am. Right. I, I'm doing some math on my head go, wait a minute. Wait, wait a, a minute. minute. Where's the other husband out I'm there? Someone, I, I'm my first husband's third ex-wife. I am. Yeah. yeah. But I never uh, asked her to pay me this kind of money. Well, yeah, Rudy Giuliani has been ordered to pay his ex-wife $225,000. I'm trying to think of how much that is in $5 cameos that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, or face the possibility of jail time. Giuliani skipped a court date here, a court hearing Friday and was held in contempt of court by Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Michael Katz. If he doesn't cough up the $23,000 or $22,000 by October 7th, he could face time behind bars. Now, there's a rumor that he was seen in the backseat of Ken Paxton's car as it was driving away, <laughs> but uh, that is unconfirmed. That is unconfirmed at this time. Was the Kraken lawyer with them? Yeah. She's yeah. missing too, you know. Yeah. She was just hanging her head out the window, tongue out of her mouth, just loving the scenery. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And there's a whole bunch going on with the Thomases. Ginny Thomas met with the January 6th committee today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to talk about her sedition or something. I believe Uh, the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution was discussed extensively. Invoked 400 times, possibly. Just guessing. Just again, it gets just rumored Uh, by me. But just Justice Clarence Thomas failed to report nearly $700,000 of his wife's income checking a box that read none on disclosure forms. We yeah. knew this a long time ago. Yes, we did. He, he kept having to file revised forms yeah. all the time about where he got money and 10, day, 10 years down the road. Oh, wait, I didn't, I didn't mention that she made $100,000 from some right-wing billionaire that I also have dinner with all the time. And, Oopsie. You know, yeah. I forgot about the nearly a million dollars uh, my wife raked in. Yeah. Uh, and poor poor Clarence has no access to accountants or people who do math staff, no. or staff or anything. He's just out there all by himself, which is a real shame. Um, in local news, as promised, uh, according to a new Emerson College polling WGN-TV and Hill survey, J.B. Pritzker, our governor, leads his Republican opponent, State Senator Darren Bailey, 51% to 36%. Only 5% of people said they plan to vote for someone else in November. Meanwhile, Illinois State Senator Tammy Duckworth, who was a recipient of some of my wife's very fine knitting, um, holds an even larger lead over her Republican challenger, Kathy Salvi, with 50% saying they plan to vote for her and only 31% supporting the lunatic on the right. 
I made a baby sweater for Tammy Duckworth's baby. Yes, you did. And yes, you got did. it to lovely. her through Drift Glasses connections in I local politics. I got connects. Politics. I got connects. So. It, it, they all flow one way, but I got connects. Yeah. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's we have two internet kitties. They oh. are Whiskey and Rye. Oh, oh, whiskey okay. Is, whiskey is they, them, and Rye is she, her, and they are okay. lovely long-haired kitties. And of course, Whiskey and Rye eat freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Whiskey and Rye, what a, what a combination. I tell you. At our Facebook page or website, and you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, prolefpodcast at gmail.com, where you can write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write to us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal, Unions, letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag Fire to Joy. Already. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and we love doing this podcast. We are in the middle of a Patreon drive. If you're a if it's possible for you to donate via Patreon and you're a new donor, we would love to have you over at Patreon. The Patreon button is at our website, proleftpod.com. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. PayPal, postal address information, all the buttons, all the merch, everything, it's all there. Proleftpod.com. Please share our show on social media, and if you love this podcast, Send us five bucks. Let us know that you like this particular episode that way. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties want to know where the hell the pumpkin spice freshly poured is. No, not in this house. No. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying and the shooting and the dying and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2022. DGBG Productions Incorporated.